Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I hope you are well. So the schools are going back. Um, You might be in your first week back after Easter, you might be in your second week back. It's all a bit different everywhere. But this week I wanted to talk about what is often called the Coke bottle effect. And this is one of those things that many, many parents I speak to experience and something I know that we've had here and actually personally I've I've experienced as well. And it's a really common thing, but lots of people don't realise. And the Coke bottle effect is really, well, I'm going to describe it. Think about having a bottle of Coke or, of course, any other soda, fizzy soda that you like. It doesn't need to be Coke. And your child is that bottle of Coke. And when they get up in the morning, they wake up and the bottle gets shaken a little bit. And then you say, can you put your clothes on, please? Can you clean your teeth, please? Can you come downstairs and eat your breakfast, please? Every time you're asking them to do these things, the Coke bottle is getting shaken. And depending on your child's needs depends on how much that Coke bottle is getting shaken. But the point is, it's getting shaken. Then you're getting them to school and they're in that busy environment with lots going on in their classroom and noises and smells and sounds and they're maybe not sure because they don't know the answer or they're struggling or their TA isn't in that day. And all of these things mean that the bottle is getting shaken more and more and more. And then maybe they go out at break times or at lunchtime and they don't feel totally safe in the playground because there's lots of people running around. It's all a bit unstructured and they find that lack of structure really hard to handle. Maybe they can't, um, they struggle with friendships and so they don't quite know who to go and play with or how to connect people with people, but they're desperate for that play time and they're desperate to be have friends and, you know, and be playing with people. While all of this is going on, that Coke bottle is being shaken up more and more and more. And that keeps happening throughout the day. And then when you pick them up at the end of the day and they get to you and all of a sudden there's just this massive explosion. And if you're really lucky, you've managed to get them in the car before the explosion happens so that you haven't got the eyes of the whole school playground looking at you, wondering why your child's the only one having the meltdown. This is what we call the Coke bottle effect. So if you think about it, the bottle of Coke has been really shaken throughout the day. The pressure's really built up in that bottle. And then when you take the lid off, bang, it all comes out in one big sticky mess. That's what's happening with our children. As they go throughout the day, so many of them are managing to hold it together, to restrain themselves, to manage or behave appropriately within the classroom. You know, I say appropriately, but they're managing to keep it together, to try and stick to the school rules, to not show how scared they are, to not show how anxious they are. To, to not lash out, to not sit and cry, all of these different things. And all of that puts a huge amount of pressure on them and they're really, really struggling. So when they see you, their safe person at the end of the day, bang, they can relax and it all comes out. Now, of course, that's not great for us as parents. It also sometimes means that for those who don't understand this. It can look like it's you as a parent that they're reacting to when in actual fact they're not. They're reacting to the stresses of the school day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes if I've had a busy day, certainly when I worked in a a more corporate environment or within a school, sometimes I had held it in all day. I'd kept myself together despite the stresses and the strains and everything else that's happening. 
maybe I hadn't eaten properly, hadn't drunk enough, had a really crazy busy day and I would get back and just kind of let it all out. Sometimes I'd sit and cry. Sometimes someone would be unfortunate enough to ask me how I was when I got home and get shouted at. Lots of different things. And obviously as adults, we learn how to manage that and how to manage those emotions and how to let them out healthily. And we might not always get it right, obviously, but on the whole, we have learned those systems and those ways of releasing it. And most of us will actually release that stress in little bits throughout the day. But obviously for our children, that's not happening. They're holding it all together. And that's what the Coke bottle effect is. You may also hear it sometimes referred to as post-school restraint collapse. Pretty much the same thing. Uh, But I think Coke bottle effect's a little bit easier to understand and remember, isn't it? So that's a hard thing. And none of us really want to be experiencing that ourselves, but also none of us want to put our children through that. You know, it's not easy at all. So we want to be thinking about how can we help them to release the pressure throughout the day as they're going so that it's not kind of all coming out in one go at the end of the day. And I thought I'd share some ideas to help you and your child Some of these are things you can be doing as soon as you meet your child in the evening and before school. Other things are things you might want to talk to the school about and see if they can help you as well. I know that it's not always easy if they can't see the behaviours. Some schools really struggle to believe it's really an issue. Um, But talk to them, explain what's happening and I'm sure they will want to help if they can do. So the first idea is give your child something chewy or crunchy as soon as you see them and a drink is a great idea as well particularly in a sports bottle um, so they're having to kind of suck it to get it out both of these things are really good for sensory input and that will really help to release some of that stress and aid emotional regulation I know that um, I have been one of those parents that literally as soon as I saw my son I was kind of shoving a chewy bar uh, in his mouth And, you know, children often hungry when they come out of school as well, but it really does work. And I had one mum last year and we talked about this in our very first session. And that day she went to pick her child up from school. Uh, Must be kind of September, October time when they were in school and immediately gave him something to eat. And she said, come on, let's eat your snack as you're walking back to the car. And she said the difference was like incredible just from day one. So sometimes for some of our children, it really is something quite small um, that makes a really big difference. But chewy, crunchy foods and drinks in a sports bottle, brilliant for sensory regulation. They also have an impact in terms of nurture as well. So if you have a child whom food was an issue for when they were very young, um, then actually there's a real nurture thing about giving them food as well. Maybe your food wasn't always around. Um, If you know that it's a trigger point for them, sometimes actually giving them that food and saying, here, I've been thinking about you, I love you, is a really good thing to do. I also think that by bringing them something at the end of the day, you're recognising their needs, you're showing them, you're thinking about them when you're not with them and you're recognising that need and you're connecting with them as well. So not only are you helping them to release the stress and the um, energy that they've held in from the day, but you're also saying, I've been thinking about you. And that obviously raises your presence, strengthens your connection for the longer term, as well as for the immediate impact of, of the benefits of having those things. So that is the first idea. 
The second is do something expect unexpected on the way home. If you um, have to walk to the car, instead of just walking and maybe dragging your child and going, oh, please behave yourself, walk like a normal child, stop bouncing all over the place. Can't you just be like little Joe over there and walk sensibly? Instead of doing that, because let's be honest, lots of kids don't want to walk sensibly. They do want to run and chat and charge all over the place and do all that kind of stuff. And some of them obviously have got huge needs. You might have a child who is really very physical on his way home. Maybe he's being verbally aggressive. He's saying words that you don't like, that you're finding really hard, even embarrassing, um, that other parents are hearing your child speaking like this. If you can do something unexpected, that can help them regulate. It can help them stay connected. It can help them get the energy out and everything they need to do as well. So one example might be seeing if you can all hop from one lamppost to the next or seeing if they can, I don't know, walk sideways. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's about giving them something to focus on, giving them something to connect with. It's also tricking the brain into doing something different and it's rewiring the brain because what kind of we do together wires fires together. Sorry, can get my words confused then. What we do together within the brain, those bits then fire together so when instead of our child coming out and brain going oh going to meltdown mode now because actually I can release all the energy they come out and go instead of melting down to release all my stress and strain I hop to release all my stress and strain and it's helping their brain rewire and think about different ways that it can get that stress out of its body and that's hugely powerful because then not only will they learn it in that environment their brain at other times will go oh when I'm feeling like this hopping makes me feel better or, you know, having something crunchy to eat helps me feel better or having a drink helps me feel better. All of these things then rewire our brains so that we can use them at other times as well, which is brilliant, isn't it? And who doesn't like a good hop or a skip or something really silly? Then do you know what? Instead of looking like that family that you're worried everybody is looking at, you look like the family having loads of fun as they go down the road and enjoying things. And let's be honest, we all want that Instagram moment, don't we, when we look like we're the perfect family. Uh, so that's one idea. The next is to ask your or your child's school if they can give them some sensory breaks throughout the day. If we think about how if the lid stays on the Coke bottle all day, the pressure really does build up. And so when it comes out, it's like a huge volcanic eruption. If we can ask the school to release the, the lid of the bottle tiny bits throughout the day, it's releasing some of that pressure. So then there's not so much that has to come out at the end of the day. It's coming out throughout the day. And that's really important as well, because not only then are they able to better focus in school, you've got a, less of an issue to deal with at the end of the day. And ultimately, schools and parents everybody we want our children in a position to be able to engage with school in whatever way works for them if they are struggling to feel safe and secure if they're struggling to engage in lessons because they have a learning need or they just can't cope with the smells in the classroom or the sounds or the I don't know the clicking somebody's making at a different table if we can put in sensory breaks we can help them to regulate and when we do that, we can help them over time to learn to engage and be able to engage. If we are in fight and flight mode, which lots of children are all day during the school day, then their learning brain goes offline. 
because you don't need to be in fight and fly and have your learning brain working, rational brain working at the same time. So if we can work with schools to find ways of releasing the pressure and stress our children are under during the day, then they can also engage in school more. So it helps the teaching staff as much as it's helping your child. And I know loads of schools who do this phenomenally well. So it might be that they have a box of sensory toys in the classroom so that your child and other children can go and choose them and, and play with them when they need to. I know that at the moment, under COVID regulations, you're probably not allowed that. So your child may need to take something in that they can have on their desk. Talk to the school and find out what they're allowed to do at the moment. The other thing is getting the whole school or the whole classroom rather to do a sensory break every so often. So, for example, having them all sitting on their chair doing um, push ups where you put your hands on either side of the chair and they literally just sort of push themselves up on their arms is a sensory break. Having them all you know, standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down a couple of times is a sensory break. Having them clapping their hands for a couple of minutes is a sensory break. And actually that benefits every child in the room, not just your child. So if a teacher can do something that's whole class wide, you're not distinguishing your your child, which they may not like, and you're helping every child in the classroom. Talk to the school and see what they can do. There's loads of options that they could put in place. Um, And I'm sure they would be more than willing to help if they can do. And this leads me on to my final point, um, which is around you building sensory breaks into your day and your time at home with your children as well. Because if we can do that at the same time, we're also teaching them how they can manage and release their own stress throughout the day. And Yeah, that's hugely important. That's a life skill that we learn and we use for our whole lives. We always need to learn how to manage our stress levels. You know, as adults, I know that I'm I know what to do and sometimes I'm good at it. And sometimes, well, let's be honest, I'm not so good at it. Um, But all of these things help. So if you can put a minute or two minutes into regular uh, regular sensory breaks throughout the day, then that's absolutely worth it if it means you're having less meltdowns. Because I don't know about you, but I would much rather put my time into positive connections with my child than dealing with the fallout of a meltdown. Now, I do want to say that actually for me, whilst meltdowns are not nice in the moment, particularly if they're, you know, getting aggressive, actually it is about creating connection. And the follow-up conversations can be hugely empowering and enable our child to develop their emotional intelligence and create connection between us. But if we can avoid the meltdown first, if we can do these fun things that help our children rewire parts of their brain and go, oh, I'm feeling a bit fizzy at the moment. I need to hop. I need to do star jumps. I need to do some deep breaths. I need something chewy to eat. Whatever it is, then we're teaching them some skills that they can use for the rest of their lives. And that is a hugely empowering, empowering thing for them and for us. As with anything, there's no one size fits all approach for this. So what works for one child won't necessarily work for the other. And where you've got siblings, you might find you need to be doing slightly different things for each of them because obviously they're different people. 
But I hope this gives you some ideas and, and a way of thinking about what's potentially happening after school and those meltdowns just in a slightly different way. But also realise you are definitely not the only one experiencing this. And lots of children have kind of the Coke bottle effect. So I hope this is helpful. I hope this has given you food for thought and really thinking about how can you help your child uh, learn to regulate and release that stress and pressure that they might be feeling throughout the school day. So that is all for this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. You are welcome to pop into my free group, Connective Parenting Using MVR on Facebook, uh, where I share tips and ideas and you can ask questions. Um, This is also a topic that we're going to be talking about at the next Connective Parenting Conference on the 7th and 8th of May. So if you want to find out more, we have an amazing OT, Ali Neal, coming to talk about interoception and how we can help our children with that. And we've got lots of sessions over the two days thinking about food and regulation and sleep and connection. Lots of different bits and pieces. Uh, Workshops run by me and other experts in their field. You can find all the details on the website and I will put a link in the show notes. So my website is therapyfisher.com. It would be lovely to have you join us. But I hope in the meantime that this episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting has been helpful and I look forward to seeing you next week.